Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How will we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything? Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality one topic at a time. This is Icarus Boreati with Shane Jones. What is up, Inquirers? Welcome to a reality-bending episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today, I had the pleasure of having a deep conversation on what exactly reality could be with one of the deepest philosophical minds in the podcast game. And just like the name of the show, we really dive into our inquiries of this expanding reality. But before we get into that, if you guys don't mind taking an extra five seconds to leave a rating for the show on Spotify, I would definitely appreciate it. And if you guys are oh so kind as to take an extra 30 seconds to leave a review for the show on iTunes, then of course I will read it on the show and give you guys a shout out. Uh, anything that you guys do is definitely appreciated. It's an awesome way to help the show expand and to keep growing and to make it so that we're seen by new people and make it so that we can get even better guests on the show, of course, for you guys to listen to these deep conversations with. And just an extension of that. If there's any episodes in particular that you think that you might have a friend that you might enjoy, uh, don't forget to share the show with them through word of mouth. That's also another awesome way to help the show grow. And uh, if you guys aren't already, don't forget to go and follow the show on social media. The one that I'm the most active on is Instagram. Uh, I do have a Facebook set up for the show, but everything kind of gets pushed off of the Instagram and onto the Facebook. Um, I still interact on the Facebook, but the main one that I'm active on, of course, is Instagram. Uh, if you guys want to pop in and have some awesome conversations with some awesome people, uh, we're expanding the Telegram and the Discord. Uh, mainly the Discord. Uh, restructured that relatively recently. Got some new people popping in there. Uh, new people talking, new people interacting. So if that sounds like something that might interest you, don't forget to uh, go to the link tree and click the link and go and join the Discord, of course. Uh, if anybody's interested in being a guest on the show, whether you're an author, researcher, philosopher, whistleblower, contactee, abductee, uh, Squatch experiencer, uh, open-minded individual altogether. The list goes on and on. I'd love to sit down and have a conversation with you. Uh, there's multiple ways to get a hold of me if that sounds like something you might be interested in. You guys can message me on Instagram, of course, or you guys can email me at inquiries of our reality podcast at outlook.com. Or you can go to the link tree, fill out the submission form, and of course that will go directly to my email. And uh I do respond to every single email and message that I get. So uh, make sure nothing gets lost in the spam or junk folder because I'd hate to uh have a conversation, get missed with one of you guys. Uh, if you guys enjoy the stuff that I do, don't forget to go and check out Bizarre Encounters, which is the other show that I do with my two awesome co-hosts, Orin and Jenny. And just like the name, we dive in anything that would be considered a bizarre encounter. 
And if you guys want to keep tabs on everything I do, you guys can go and check out Open Minds Media, which is the uh, umbrella, I guess you could say, for all the different stuff that I do. Uh, if you guys go and follow the Open Minds Media page on Instagram, you guys will get updates on episodes for this show, the other show, any shows that I do. I kind of make that the one-stop shop for any updates going on. So if you guys don't want to follow the Inquiries of Our Reality Instagram or the Bizarre Encounters Instagram, at least go and follow the Open Minds Media Instagram so then you can get updates on all the new episodes and all the new cool stuff coming out. Uh, if you guys want to support the show, there's multiple ways to do so. Uh, number one would be through Patreon. And over there, there's multiple tiers. And of course, with all the different tiers, you get different benefits. Uh, some of those include ad-free episodes, early access to episodes, lives of episodes, live replays of episodes, which are the video format of the episodes if you guys aren't able to make it to the lives, uh, the exclusive monthly hangouts, um, merch store, exclusive merch store discounts, uh, exclusive giveaways hopefully going on here soon in the future. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff going on over there, so go and check it out. Figure out which tier seems to suit you the best. Uh, you guys can also donate to the show directly through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or Red Circle, which is the RSS host for the show. Uh, if that sounds like something that might interest you, go down to the bottom of the show description. You'll see something along the lines of donate on Red Circle. Uh, if it doesn't give you an option to leave some kind of personalized message, of course, shoot me a message and uh, let me know that you guys donated because I'd love to give you guys a shout out on the show and show that you guys got love and support for the show. Uh, the third way, of course, that you can support the show is through the Open Minds Media merch store. Uh, there you'll find not just merch for this show, but also merch for Bizarre Encounters and all the other different stuff that I do. And if it hasn't already dropped already, I should be dropping some more new merch designs over there. Uh, if you guys want to keep tabs and know when that stuff comes out, you guys can go and check out the Instagram, of course, because I'm sure I'll be posting over there as soon as I drop those designs on the merch store. Also, don't forget to go and check out the Crypto Theology merch store. Over there, you'll find a plethora of awesome designs all pertaining to paranormal, cryptid, UFO stuff. So if you're interested in this show, I definitely think that you guys are going to dig a lot of the cool stuff that Joe has over there at Crypto Theology. So go and check it out. Get yourself an awesome t-shirt from the Open Minds Media merch store and the Crypto Theology merch store. And there's even a collab design on there that's been sitting there for a little bit for Bizarre Encounters. So definitely worth going and checking out if you haven't already. Everything that I mentioned, of course, all available under the link tree, which is down in the show description. And with that, let's get into the show. Please welcome to the show, Brandon Thomas from Expanding Reality. How's it going today, man? What's up, dude? Everything's well. How are you? Uh, not doing too bad, man. Absolute pleasure to finally get you on the show after uh, us talking about it for over a year since originally when I started. So it's cool that we finally came around and we finally get to do this, man. Yes, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's good to see you, man. I'm grateful to be here. This is a badass show, dude. You do a great job. Well, I appreciate that, man. Kind words from somebody that, weirdly enough, I used to listen to before I even started my show. So it just makes it all that much more special when you finally get to sit down with some of the people that you used to listen to that inspired you to even start your podcast in the first place. Still weird to hear. I'm open to receive it, but it's still awesome and weird to hear. So thank you. Yeah. Dude, I've heard it a couple times now from people that are starting their stuff up and it's still just as weird for me because like, you know, I see you guys that have been around for like a couple years longer than me. And then there's me that's been around for like a year and a half, but I've been around enough now that I've seen shows come and go. So it's like just in that process, it's funny. You have people that'll hit you up asking how to start up shows and everything. And it's like, I don't feel like I'm that far into it, but you know, people are like, oh yeah, I've been listening to your show for the past year and I go into your back catalog. Like, Wow, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you're far enough. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, I guess a good spot to start for anybody that isn't familiar with your show and what you do on your show, uh, why don't you kind of give them an idea about who you are and what you do exactly, man? Dude, yeah. And uh, again, first of all, thank you for having me, brother. This is awesome. My name is Brandon Thomas. I uh, do a show called Expanding Reality, the 
Tagline for the show is the expansion of consciousness cleverly disguised as a podcast. And that's what we facilitate is just uh, an opportunity for critical thinking and the expansion of that. And really what that entails in my mind is the idea of expanding what's possible and expanding uh, our concepts of what reality is capable of producing uh, and not limiting that in any way. And we do this through a myriad of conversations. Some, it looks like, uh, you know, um, UFOs or it looks like, uh, spirituality or something like that but really it's just again us uh getting out of a narrow confined reality that's been prescribed for us um and it's just like that christoph guy in the truman show talked to human vibration recently and she brings this up every time i talk to her and i'm grateful she does and he says you know that we believe the reality in which we're presented and it's an interesting thing when you say okay well you get down to the nitty-gritty of like okay well if you get to the point with sort of the ideas and the concepts that you're creating everything. And so it's like, okay, well then I created the reality in which uh, I was presented. And so therefore its structure is useful for a reason. And you go down all these incredible rabbit holes. So again, you know, yeah, I'll have a UFO author on and we talk about some really interesting things, but really at a deep core level, it's uh, about just finding out like what the fuck is going on here. And we, um, you know, I don't plant my flag anywhere. I don't have any idea. I have no, ego in it to the point where I'm like, I'm right and you're wrong. And I just, I don't have any of that. And that's just made the show so great. And it's just been such a warm place for people to go just simply by just not having uh, something to be defensive about when you get there. You know what I mean? So it's more about creating a home for people like you do for folks. And um, just, just talking about it uh, just because again, the way that I see it at a broad scale is even if I'm wrong, I still treat everyone that I meet like they're me, just another piece of me. So it's, um, it's been an awesome thing to be able to have the types of conversations because a lot of the folks I've had several guests just thank me for listening to them. And that's, that's an interesting thing. Those, those guests stick with you. You know, the ones that just thank you for like hearing them out, uh, just, and you feel like maybe you're the only one who does and doesn't, uh, think they're weird for it or, you know, anything like that. So it's an interesting thing that we do here, bud. And, uh, we allow people to be themselves. And that's really just the greatest gift you could give anybody is just the ability to be themselves in a non-judgy place. And, uh, that's really what this is about. And it's made for some incredible conversations. So honestly, man, I'm kind of in the same boat where I never at any point, like, I don't feel like I'm actually specifically in any viewpoint because I'm always one of those people that's willing to completely change my mind with more information and being said with that, it's like you can come at something from any perspective. Like you can talk to somebody that's a Christian. You can talk to somebody that's a pagan. You can talk to somebody that's an atheist and you can kind of take take in their different viewpoints. And in turn, like having that kind of mindset makes it so that you're not dividing people into tribes and camps. You're almost like connecting people that normally wouldn't be connected. Um, I was talking about this last night that it's like sometimes doing shows like this, you'll have one researcher that's in this field, another researcher that's in this field. But because you had a conversation with both of those people, you start realizing that they have a lot of different things in common as far as like what the research is just coming at it from a different perspective. But in turn, because it's different perspectives, those two people would never end up talking to each other. But if you start saying like, oh, this person on the show is talking about this idea and you start expanding on their theory with somebody else's ideas too, then you're able to like interconnect people that normally wouldn't be connected. So it's like, 
you're almost being like a middleman mediator. And in turn, it's, I kind of feel helping to progress all of this different research um, because you're getting rid of the, the barriers and making it so that we can look at this as like a broad thing rather than divided camps. And I mean, you see that a lot with like the crypto community, the UFO community, the paranormal community. And at least for me, the more I dig into these topics, the more that I have conversations with people, um, you start realizing how much of it is actually interconnected and it's not different fields and not different camps. And like the more you dig into stuff too, you start realizing that a lot of this stuff that people perceive as like magic is just, it's a science. You just have to figure out exactly what's going on with it. And there's so much stuff that it's not that it's anything like crazy or out there. It just takes the right person to be able to connect the mindset, to understand the process of how you get to that place in the first place. And in turn, by having these conversations, I feel like it's, it's progressing a lot, a lot of research and it's helping a lot of new things get figured out. And uh, we're almost like on the forefront of like this new wave cultural revolution. That's like a positive cultural revolution instead of like the typical, like negative cultural revolutions that you hear about so often when you get into different political type ideas and aspects. <laughs> A hundred percent, man. And you're right about the mindset. And that's really what it's all about in my mind is this, this collective mindset, this shift, this renaissance, this revolution. And it's very, very different. I mean, you have astrological things with the return of Pluto right now. Last time that happened, I believe it was the French Revolution and a couple other big things. So there's a lot of interesting things occurring right now in the external is the way it could be viewed. Uh, I feel it's more of our sort of like grips to like coming to grips with the fact that this is all a game and that you've just been an actor here and really uh, waking up to that is um, I believe in, in a strong sense and that I, I don't throw the believe word around quite a bit, but I feel very strongly that that's part of it. It's sort of figuring out that this is a game. And then at that point, something else occurs. Like it's a new temporary truth that you discover, but then even that leads you to something else, you know, it's been, I, I feel that that's really what's occurring. And I, and I know it's, uh, it takes a bit of emotional maturity, and I'm sure your audience possesses that, to be able to sit around and look at the world and say, well, this is just some game, it's just some play. Um, and in a great deal, in a big sense, I'd say, yeah. I, I'd say absolutely, yeah. You know, that it's just some big experience that collectively we have the opportunity, I believe, to shift, but also maybe you're just the only one here and maybe everything that's coming out of that screen isn't really happening. And maybe there's only a China whenever you go there, you know, there's nothing that's there until you manifest it with your reality. You know, you're shown options of experience and options of what you can manifest with your energy based on things external that come to you. But, you know, maybe none of it's real, maybe all of it's bullshit. And um, that's, that's something I contemplate quite a bit. Honestly, it's something that I think about quite often is this whole idea about there being an organic simulation. And with the whole idea of like an organic simulation too, like people hear that and they think that it's like inside of some type of like computer system, but I don't necessarily think that that's, that's the case. But I mean, with this reality, you're able to manipulate it in so many different ways that it does seem like a game to the aspect of like, you know, you see it within like politics and like the world stage that that almost seems like a game. And then you see just like reality in general about people having these weird experiences, weird encounters, and you start relating that to possibly being a game. And then I get pushed into this whole like organic simulation idea about if there is, we are existing in some type of like a system, then you know, if there is stuff that's outside, of course, they're going to want to come into the system and mess around and have some fun in the process of it. And even connecting what with you were saying about things being rendered, 
I've actually talked about this a few times when it comes to people talking about flat earth versus globe earth and stuff that I kind of believe that if we are living in some type of organic simulation, just like any game, like the map's going to eventually update. So a lot of the references people have to like a flat earth seem to be like biblical references, which could have been when the earth theoretically could have been flat because the map wasn't fully rendered yet. It was only this amount of space because it was all that was needed. And then as people started expanding or they started adding more playable characters into the game, so to speak, then they needed to expand the globe. And then that's when you have this idea about the map expanding. And then you see all these pictures of like different, um, different planets and different planetary bodies. And I often wonder if it's like, you see it from a distance and it's almost like playing a video game where you can see the other side of the city, but it isn't really like rendered until you get there. So it's like, there's so many different, like, aspects you can come back to it but as far as like i'm concerned like if i had to take a guess as to like what this reality is i kind of always seem to lean more towards the organic simulation or even the aspect of us being created and that could be looked at of course through like a biblical lens or it could also be looked at through like an extraterrestrial lens or again kind of connecting even farther back from that it's just different viewpoints of the same thing happening um, like when it starts connecting to religion, I kind of believe that it's just different viewpoints of the same events. And the more you start digging into all this stuff, you realize that there's so many components that are the same. Like almost every culture has great flood stories. Almost every culture has stories about people coming up from the ground. And I kind of believe that it's, again, they put names on stuff because as people, we like to give stuff categories and give stuff names. But, you know, I think it's different layers of humanity that have existed through time, realistically, like, and they just, they don't have like a way of, I mean, you, you, you dig into anything and they could have been writing it as historical, historic, as historically accurate as they thought it was, but just because of like the difference in language from then to now, we try to look at everything at the, from the past, like they're trying to write stuff almost like cryptic, like they didn't really like understand what they were doing, but they could have been writing stuff in the most literal sense. And we're just as modern day humans, like not understanding what they are realistically saying. And also again, taking into perspective that there's all of these concepts that I feel like even now people aren't even fully capable of fathoming. So they were trying to put something that's unexplainable into human words. And I mean, when you get into the cataclysm stuff, I mean, that could all be naturally occurring things um, that doesn't have any woo woo aspect to it. But I mean, it could also be something that is bigger than that, that was causing these cataclysms as like restarts of, you know, all right, this, this group isn't doing good. All right, these ones aren't doing good. And then you get into the whole like thing about almost every ancient culture talks about how the floods w wiped out the giants. And then that's kind of where it comes back into the whole idea about like, are we in some type of organic simulation? Are we something that has been created? And if it is, we are something that's been created, of course, you know, you're going to wipe out the projects that you didn't think were actually going to work out that great. <laughs> yeah. And maybe some, you know, snuck underground for a little while while you were doing the reset, you know, they, they're mm -hmm. capable of doing that, which is interesting. What about uh, shout out Brian in the chat here? Uh, what about the idea that like you time and everything and reality and all of it started when you got here. Like basically the ride just starts like you shoot out your mom's vagina and go. And then you're given a history and given pictures and given things to say this is what occurred. And then you're given sort of a tapestry, a template of reality that then again you create because you're, you agree with the reality in which you're presented. And so then you're presented with history and facts and things and science and everything else. And so you're just like, yeah, that's reality. Like that's where I'm at with this shit, dude. I'm, I'm like, I, I don't even know that, um, you know, you can't rule out, rather, it's non-falsifiable, but it's also non-provable, which this is where the whole thing cracks open. If you can just really get to the point with fucking anything, anything, to where it's truth is the way that it is, but there is also another possibility that it exists simultaneously, 
you just crack the whole goddamn thing open because it's these these either ors that concept of either or this or that black and white that's the duality matrix thing that i feel exists here in a very broad way but in a in a very broader way there are things that circumvent that idea of that that absolutes exist anywhere and so this then again idea of consensus reality right this idea that this whole place is operated on the same principles, the same ideas that we experience, the same things. I mean, this is not true in an event that's traumatic. People that receive uh, events like that, the information, the data input is so great, but the way your body processes is so different that even uh, witness testimonies in court cases are like the most unreliable because of the way that witnesses re, like, re-grab their memories and bring them to the now to spit them out of their mouths. They're just not consistent people don't see the same things it's so widely ridiculous that it's it's um apparent uh, abhorrent and apparent so like even thinking of shit like that and then you're thinking of a simulation well i sort of uh because i've been thinking a lot about the simulation dave zed are you familiar with a uh, generation zed podcast have you ever heard of that show yeah of course yeah he um stayed like 10 days at our house just now he just left two days ago we just took him back to the airport and we we've done a lot of a lot of conversations, man. So my mind's like fried on this. And we had this sketchbook out and we're sitting there with different colored pins and we're drawing all kinds of shit, just figuring out this reality. And one of the things we really uh, talked about was that, of course, you know, there are dimensions and things like this that we can visualize and conceptualize. But then, like, I've thought about uh, the psychedelics and how they're so beautiful and the colors and like the things and your capabilities and, and all of that, even more than just a dream, right? So you've access to this stuff that's way cooler, way better, whatever, that you can see with different senses and feel deeper and all of this shit. And then you come here and it's just like so, it feels so monochrome or... Have you ever seen those videos of the back rooms? Have you ever seen that shit? Yeah, yeah. Those liminal spaces and yeah, they're kind of dingy looking 90s like uh, like malls and stuff like that. That's what like coming back from a psychedelic experience to this place feels like. It's like very limited as far as your range of perception and data input and sensories and all those things. And so it's fascinating like uh, to think of this then and again tying it to what Dave and I were talking about was sort of this simulation of sorts like you said. Now I'm, I'm not necessarily like I'm fine with if we're the AI and like this isn't organic and really this is just all a hologram that is made up of bits of information that um, makes us feel like that just down to that detail Um, but I'm okay with it not being organic or anything like that because I think at a source whatever this is it's a ride if nothing else and you chose to be here I don't think it's a prison you know even though Bill Hicks's thing about uh, the ride is that you know some people see it as a prison and they're screaming and they're scared and they want to get off and all that but and some people treat life that way, right? And I've even treated life that way uh, on this ride of my own. And so it's interesting uh, even to think about, like the again, accessibility to higher dimensions, the capability of us, even with limited vernacular, to express these incredibly high concepts and especially to communicate them in a way that we're doing now with the technology we have now and our accessibility to this sort of, this sort of information and knowledge. You know, rather it be whatever, it just makes you think. It 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 challenges you in ways intellectually. And that's what really, I think the whole point of this is, you know, at its deepest core, not to follow in and memorize uh, the Kardashians' favorite catchphrases, you know, maybe that that may be valuable for some, but for me, I'm not here for that. You know what I mean? So again, when we then talk about this simulation thing, maybe this is sort of a a simulation of sorts. This is, you know, kind of where I'm at with it on a level. Like I don't plant my flag. I, I, this could be anything and I'm fine with all of it. It could be round, could be flat, whatever. I'm fine with all of it. I think it's all fucking fun to talk about. But 
if you think about a simulation, then we run it through that filter, then what I would say to that, and what Dave and I were talking about, is that you're basically this entity on the other side. Picture yourself laying in sort of a vat um, of like liquid or something like this, okay? And then you have... Uh, Almost like a deprivation tank. On. Sure, yeah, absolutely. A, a deprivation tank, absolutely. And so then you have a cap on that sends out to a computer, like a central computer that houses everything. And it doesn't need to be crazy huge and like crazy, like a planet size, like these people talk about with this shit. Really, all the simulation needs to do is apprehend the perception of the person inside. So that can be done on a very small scale with what we have today, let alone uh, with what they can do, what they can do, whatever this is, you know, is pretty damn cool. So they probably have some technology figured out to where it's a pretty portable or at least not a planet-sized device like what Nick Bostrom and shit are talking about. Maybe it doesn't need to be that complex. Maybe it doesn't need to render an entire environment. It just needs to apprehend your perception to make you think that you're in an entire environment, which would be much simpler and much more cost-effective, efficient, blah, blah, blah. Because then all you'd have to do is you could simulate the you know, feeling of vastness. You could simulate the feeling of standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon with wind blowing from afar and a bird way the fuck over there like at all. Oh, I'm in such a wide open place, maybe. Or maybe like your your reality it stops right here. Like at the end of the, as far as your hand can reach, maybe that's fucking it, dude. You know, you could simulate the rest. Absolutely. So if that's the case, then let's say maybe that there's a, a fraction of you, maybe, I don't know, let's say 144,000 pieces that you split yourself into in this game, okay? And then maybe anything else here is another part of the game, which is still sort of controlled by you, or at least you're aware that it's a game at this point. But the whole thing, again, you kind of forget. We all know where we are. You just run through that river of amnesia and forget everything, right? So in this case, then, what it would be is then maybe there's fractions and pieces of you. Uh, there are pieces of you that can then come out from the outside, like you said, because this is more of a spherical environment then. And it is visible from the outside. It sort of has mechanical operations from it from the outside that are visible from inside here. You just need to see it from a certain perspective to see them. Some people have reported like grid lines in the skies and things like this. Some people have seen really weird shit going on with the stars, not to mention if we're a planet hurling through the stars at the pace in which they say, spinning as fast as we are, moving around as we are, then why the stars stayed the exact fucking same for thousands of years, as we're told, right? So there are these little interesting things about this, how they've never shifted not once, and they've never changed a little bit. I mean, precession of the equinox has been tracked for you know tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, right? Like, how how would that be if what, the, what we're doing is occurring? Thinking, again, that all of those other things are moving at rates in which are you know comparable and maybe faster and blinking in and out and shit. So who knows with all that stuff. But when you look at it like that, you can then say like the lunar wave thing, like Crow Triple Seven films, he's filmed several uh, waves that refresh over the moon. You know, what the fuck is that about? What I've heard is, is that it's so simple and easy and silly. There's a lot of near-death experiences where people have gone to whatever the other side is and everything, and they do experience this thing of sort of like a tunnel. You've got like Dr. Michael Newton's book, Journey of Souls, or anything like that, um, with a uh, uh, Many Lives, Many Masters, another great one, uh, where they go through this process, where they go through a tunnel, there's beings that meet them and all of this. All of that, even down to that, could be simulated. That could still be part of the simulation, you know, that spits you then back in. And then, therefore, it would be sort of a pinball machine. Have you ever played one of those? Yeah, it's, a, it's like a respawn, ball? too, in another way of looking at it. There you go. 
it's absolutely a fucking respawn. You've got this, but it's a respawn, again, with no memory, in a different place, with a different body, or maybe you respawn in the same exact fucking body every goddamn time. And you have the exact same conditions set here, and this is really sort of like an escape room. All of us have the same set of conditions, and you start from your mom's same vagina and the whole idea of like past lives and anything else. Like, I'm, I love the Pleiadians and the um, Zeta Reticulis and the Bigfoots and all that kind of shit. I, I haven't particularly experienced any of it. I can't say that any of it exists. I say it's a cool idea. I'd say it's absolutely been real for me in the way that it shaped my life because it's made me interested in things that have then led me to conversations and people and done things. So in those ways, they've, it's been very real. And in the same way that when we speak to people who are contactees or anything like that or people who have missing time, it affects them. It changes them. Same thing again, people coming in from a near-death experience or something like that. It changes you. So again to this, you know, I have a very um, skeptical view of reality. There's a wonderful book I'm reading right now. A buddy of mine, Asher, uh, told me about it. So I just picked it up on Amazon. It's called Disobliging Reality by this Dr. Uh, Frank Jezuzak, I believe. I think he's dead now, but he's it's fascinating. It's under 100 pages, 95 pages or whatever. He wrote it in like one sitting, basically. And it's just very interesting because he takes this sort of like... Um, calling bullshit on what's going on around here, the same approach that I do with it. And so it's not, it's nice. It's like this, uh, companion, this companion manual to where I'm at with this thing right now, which is just sort of calling bullshit on this whole thing. So let's go back to the simulation thing real quick. So again, back to the people who talk about coming, uh, to near death experiences. There have been people I have spoken to, uh, there's a, a healthcare professional lives right by us. And she's told us stories of people who have crossed over that you don't hear from people like in the news and shit like that, like the death rattle and stuff like that. She talks about all of it. And one of the things she's talked about several times was that different people, when they actually die, these aren't near-death experiences to where they then come back. She says, as they're dying, several of them have looked and they've been like in this state and all of a sudden they snap out and they wake up and they're like looking around very clear-headed and they just go, oh my God, and they're smiling. And they're saying, it's so simple. It's so simple there. And then they die. So <laughs> like, what are they seeing there? You know what I mean? They're not saying like, oh, my grandmother came to me or something. What I think they're seeing is I think that they're seeing what this place is. I think that they're seeing the fact that you're laying in a vat and that you know it's you and you know that this is just a, a game to reassimilate yourself in a way and that it's just a big experience. I mean, maybe. Again, this is, I've gone off on a long thing here, but that's one little lens in which I viewed this place as a possibility. But when I view through those lens, it's these rabbit holes that all swim around it. So if you then take this concept of what they're talking about, and, and then now let's talk about, again, uh, this Archon Soul Trap idea, this idea that when you go to the light, when you die, it's a respawn type of a thing. Now, this is really like caught my fancy a little bit. And the reason is, is for a couple of reasons. It's because one of how, how it's excited me, of how it's made me feel like I've figured out the cheat to the game, which also makes me feel that it's a trap and it's a trick in itself, okay? <laughs> and so I get to these points with this shit where I'm like, hang on, but everybody that's gone to the light, you know, or whatever, then it's kind of worked out. And who, how do I know? Like, nobody's really saying the don't or whatever. The, the new fad is to not go to the light. But again, then the question is, is when you don't go to the light, what do you do? Do you turn around? Do you go to the side? Like, do you go up? Do you go down? Like, what... Do you do a quick juke to the left and then go right? Like, is it up, up, down, left, right, and then you go? And I mean, like, what's Konami the, code? That's the answer the to everything. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. And so then, uh, like, and so do you, then do you like turn around and maybe it's the whole set? Maybe you can see. Maybe that's the point, right? From where you detach from your body, whatever that means. 
to before you get sucked into the Archon Soul Trap, you have a final opportunity to sort of uh, figure the last clue out. And really, it's like one of these things where either you d- you do it or you you don't beat the game and you go all the way back to the beginning. And I mean, who knows? You know what the deal is with that. So perhaps it is something as simple as that. Um, and in that way, like, who knows? I don't know. But uh, I'm glad that you brought up what you said because yeah, it connects okay. into a lot of yeah, the yeah. stuff that uh, I've been thinking about lately, too. Um, as far as you were saying with the whole like game concept, one thing that I frequently wondered is if it's almost like you're you're intended to learn something when you're here so that you could be part of the broader universe and have a better perspective of how to function. Because if we are higher dimensional beings, I feel like you'd have to understand the lower dimensions to get up to that higher dimension. So it's a matter of if you don't learn what you're supposed to learn within this dimension, then you have to restart the dimension before you're able to get to the next level. And maybe that end goal at the very end is that you start getting into this whole like dimensional concept. And I mean, this even kind of partly connects into the Bible too, where there's the reference about how there was nothing, just black void. And then that's when everything started being created from there. It makes me wonder if you're extending up up these levels so that you get to a point where you eventually essentially are able to create your own reality. And when you create your own reality, I feel like it's one of those things where it's like you it's almost like playing a video game in the aspect of you build the reality. And then, of course, you're going to want to go into the reality and have fun with it. You're not just going to want to build like a skate park and Tony Hawk and then not go and skate in it. You know, you're going to want to go into it and actually be able to experience it. So at that point, I feel like it's this like continuous cycle about either one you're you could be in two different layers of reality in the aspect that you're building to get to a point where you essentially can create your own reality or you're building up to a point where you're essentially just restarting your own reality because you've already created your reality. And maybe the idea behind that is that each time you do this, you keep progressing it. And when you get into the broader perspective of stuff, I mean, that could either connect into the aspect of maybe they're intentionally trying to use consciousness in order to create like a perfect dimension in which people can exist. Or maybe it's something literally extremely simple where we are some type of created intelligence and we're progressing to a point where we are becoming conscious of our of our full selves which is a point where i feel like ai is eventually going to get like people don't want to believe that we might potentially be in in an organic simulation but realistically if we keep going down the path with ai we're going to get to a point where we're going to want it to be able to fully think for itself it's almost like you know you you play video games enough and when you first start playing video games in the beginning you're fine with just the background characters just standing there awkwardly and not really moving but as video games progress you're going to get to a point where you're going to want the characters to move and do different things and think for themselves and then what happens when those things become conscious is that now they're existing within another reality and this makes me wonder how many layers of this there could also be and maybe there was like a starting point and this whole dimensional concept is essentially just a reality being built on top of another reality continuously and again we're partly starting to see this that we're creating a virtual reality that this ai is existing in so we're creating another reality inside of our reality already and again like how many layers back does that already go could we be three realities in already that you know something created us we create the next layer and then it's a continuous process of stuff and then when you get into like reality as a whole i often wonder if it's a continuous chain that's always going to go down the line or if it's one of those things that ends up becoming like a full circle where essentially the first thing creates the last thing and the last thing creates the first thing and it's almost like a paradox of like a continuous cycle of consciousness and and evolution of existing as like a being is that it's if time isn't necessarily linear we're looking at it from our perspective it could just be a continuous cycle of life and that could be even where that term comes from maybe it's something that you know we've been saying forever but we don't realize exactly like how truthful circle of life could literally be (laughs) yeah 
Like the Ouroboros, right? That idea that uh, it's a never-ending continual thing. But this is what Dave and I were talking about, too, that perhaps there's a way to break the cycle and that maybe there is a game afoot here and that maybe this is sort of just like this uh, an escape room, which is why I, I like really feel that it's more of a game. I feel it's more of a ride. Like um, I've, I'm past this seeing this as a place of dire uh, horrors. Um, I lived, I, I had enough of that and it's just, it, it's its own side quest, if you want to put it that way. Uh, but it's just not one that entertains me anymore. It's boring. And so, this this feels more like the real game uh, in my mind, but honestly, also, uh, who am I to say that? Because this is just my perspective now, and even that, I'll change in two weeks, and I'm fine with it. I'll change in five. Like who knows where we'll be in five, ten years, whatever, with these perspectives. But even that, though, like if you look at this place as an experience, then it's much more of a Westworld sort of a thing, to where you can do anything you want. And yeah, there are amazing, intricate, incredible storylines here, and so maybe you go in and. Um, you know, this is just an amusement ride and you go in and you're just like, holy shit, man, that was crazy awesome. I'm going to ride the Shane ride next time. And then you go and you, you'd ride Shane rides next time. And it's this life that you're living now. And again, everything's the exact same. You have the illusion of free will because that give the, that gives the experience or, um, the, the ride, right? The experience. And it's just though, basically just sort of like a tape that you put in and that you, you relive through those eyes, you know, like a being John Malkovich sort of a thing. You just crawl in the head of that being and experience all of it, all the pain, all the uh, pleasures, all, all the joys, all the anticipations, ideas, uh, hopes, dreams, how it plays out, decisions made along the way. And maybe that's the real thing, that every single scenario in infinity has been created and you live all of them out, you know, and maybe that's the experience. Now, maybe it's all simultaneous from that perspective. You just individuate, individuate your consciousness to be able to focus on one at a time which is what this would be called, like, life, you know? I don't know. It's interesting. Like, all of it's fucking fascinating. But again, maybe it's this, like, super reduced thing of this, like, loop. And maybe that's, again, what the Archon Soul Trap, I just keep calling it that, what going to the tunnel is, is just this um, recycling of it. But again, maybe breaking that and going right instead of going through the tunnel again at the end of this life, you know, is um, the way to kind of shoot out of it or get out of it. And again, maybe it's not like a like a prison, it, it doesn't feel negative. It feels like you could perceive it that way and you could access things that feel that way. But as a whole, you know, it seems very loving uh, to me. It just really does. And so in that way that I can see, even in a minuscule level, that it's here in that way, then I'm, I'm just super confident that uh, this isn't a like a bad thing or like a prison planet or anything like that, or that we're being punished at all. I really, I just don't feel that just at my core, the more mature that I get, you know, I went through phases where that was the absolute truth for me, but it needed to be a truth for a little bit for me to realize that it, it wasn't, it was just heaviness that I didn't need to carry around anymore. It didn't, didn't serve. I mean, I definitely agree. And I even, I've said this a few times on the show that in order for there to be good, you have to have bad. Otherwise you have no standard of comparison. So a lot of people want to just fully live in the bad aspects of life, not realizing that you can't have good things unless you have the bad things. And you see this progressively through life, that something bad will happen to you. But because that bad thing happens, it starts this chain reaction that ends up causing something good to happen later on. And it's just weird how no matter what in life, it seems like 
if you have the right mindset, it ends up working out in the favor in which like it needs to be, you know, like there's never going to be something that you're not going to be able to overcome because this reality, whatever it is, doesn't want you to fail essentially because it wants you to, to learn and getting into kind of what you're saying too. I, I often believe that the meaning of life is experience. And if that is the case, you often hear about these like different beings, not having like a physical like vessel and they, it drives them crazy because of it, because they're not able to like experience like the sensation of touch, uh, just different, like human, like emotions. So I often wonder too, if it's like, we purposely will attach ourselves to these physical vessels for the sake of entertainment, kind of like what you were saying, um, because we want to be able to feel all these sensations and do all of these things. Cause even going back to like all the different video game analogies, it's almost like, uh, you know, you don't want to sit around in spectator mode. There's no fun in spectator mode. Cause you can't interact in the environment. You're just kind of like, watching the environment from afar. So of course, even if we're the ones that theoretically like created this reality, you're of course going to want to be able to experience it from every angle. And if we are theoretically like, if there's only like one consciousness within one, within each reality, then, you know, everybody around you could essentially be just like a reflection of yourself almost. And as you progress through these different lives and you've created this reality, essentially you're like the God of this reality. You're going to want to play the game from every single angle. It's like playing a different video game and knowing that every single character has a different campaign that you can play. Why wouldn't you want to go back and play every single campaign? And I mean, that being said too, you know, you could start off from the base and then build yourself up where maybe when you first create a reality, you know, you'll come in and you'll be playing like the, the one celled organism. And then as things progress, then you start playing the ant. And then after the ant lives, then you start progressing this. And I mean, even that being said too, if you're trying to build up a reality, I feel like the best way to do it would be to take from each single component and build it up from there. So maybe that was needed in the aspect of like an ant wouldn't be able to function unless you've already played that game before and you know how to make the ant function. And we're thinking about this from the human perspective. And that seems to be like what the apex is as far as this planet goes. So we're already at the end of the game, as far as I'm concerned, where we've already played every single piece that's built built up to this point. So, you know, who's to say that if we didn't play these roles at one point that they wouldn't know our function. It's almost like having to be in that first person perspective in order to program the function in order to keep building up. And that's where you see again with this whole idea about progression of life, where it was like originally like single cell organisms into like smaller organisms into this, into this It's because that process was needed in order to build the reality to what it is now. And you had to be the one that had to figure it out and experience it each time in order to make it so that every single little weird component of this reality can function is because you've single-handedly done every single little detail of this reality yourself. I think it's so interesting. And then it's like, um, you know, would that be like a valuable use of time? But then you say like, what is time, right? Time is only, you know, essentially something, and we talk about this. I mean, who knows what that means, but time is only essentially something from our perspective, right? And so if that's true, then you would say that like, well, then for us to experience time must be useful in some way, or it must have something to do with the experience. Maybe even the understanding of it and then figuring out that we transcend it. Like my life's not over. We're just, we're just getting started here. You know what I mean? I'm not at, I'm not out at where we are with... Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. 
And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. What's going on in the external, if you want to put it that way, or in my sphere of reality is, like, I'm not out that we're not going to all have superpowers and shit and just see some badass stuff happening in this timeline, in this reality, not on these scales of thousands of years and shit, but like a really interesting sci-fi battle type of a situation maybe um sort of a thing it just feels like it's really ramping up to some sort of video game as you said kind of climax you know towards there's something and then there's some existence after that something and whatever that is i mean people have talked about a pole shift or a split like the dolores cannon stuff or the 5d 3d thing or uh you know uh, you know religions have the you know uh, apocalypse and revelation and things like that so i mean maybe there's something like the game kind of puts spoilers in a little bit, you know, in the way of predictive programming, but, you know, maybe. I mean, there's, again, multiple ways that I view this. Either uh, that's the way it's going on, or there's a predictive programming element to this, and there really is two teams here, um, and all of that kind of stuff. But again, you know, with the two teams thing, I still feel that it's an artifact of an experience. So my friend Pat Mahan, love this guy, dude. you got to have him on. Uh, he runs a show called Like Attracts Like Podcast. Highly recommend everybody. Uh, spend your mornings with him. He's a great way to start your day. They're like 15 minutes long. This is an incredible guy. He has this uh, concept we've been talking about quite a bit lately, uh, and it's it's about this idea that it is just a play, and it's just this thing, you know, that's being played out here. And so, to that, then what Pat says is, you know, the hero and the villain at the end of one of these plays go out and they bow together. They're both necessary for the experience to exist. So again, if that if that occurs, and that's a lens in which we choose to view this, which we will do, then you would say then all of it's on purpose and all of it's supposed to be here. Now, either if there's other pieces of you, if you want to put it this way that uh, split over to play the black hats. And so there's an equal energy opposite version of you, like all the hopes, dreams, and everything you have. There's a despair, hateful, vengeful, spiteful version of you that feels that way rather. And so then you would say, okay, well, if that's the case, then it's sort of like a balancing act of these energies. To that, then I would say that there's a Da Vinci quote uh, that says that there are three classes of people those who can see, those who can see when shown, and those who don't see. So it's this, um, to that then you would say, okay, well then there's a certain population or a certain um, percentage of a entity here. Maybe it's part of the matrix, maybe they're NPCs, maybe they're real people that are just coded this way. Um, any, any variations of this. And then so therefore you would have, again, this representation of duality in energetic form just manifest in the physical. And inhabiting these physical vessels like you said and so then it would just be this expression and so again then i would say to that that uh, there's sort of this expansion that's occurring here and i do feel that it's conversations like this that it's happening with that to that level then if we are just inhabit a bull you know with this wake up thing maybe it was that there was a certain percentage of the matrix or the game or the employees here that were just npcs they were just auto kind of players just walking around npcs non-playable characters but with the shift, with the awakening, with the whatever, maybe they started being inhabited. And they started being inhabited by people who came in to 
experience a game like to wake the place up and to shake it and that their physical presence is the energy that's doing so. And so then you would say that a certain population's vibe, you know, as a whole, the zeitgeist as a whole could be governed by a dial based on how many percentages of energy you have filtered throughout the population that you could work on a dial like from a simulation. You know what I mean? You could say, okay, now uh, the 10% of the population is going to absolutely lose their mind. Okay. What does that look like? And you do it and you can turn up that. And then like your family that goes crazy or you see something go nuts and like somebody lose their shit or do something wild. Maybe that's just a code in the matrix. Maybe that's just a code for that vessel to just be inhabiting those codes for the sake of it, you know, for the shits and gigs of it, for the, I don't know, to have, to have you have an experience, you know, maybe it's again, all for you. I mean, there's, you just can't rule these kind of conversations out. And that's why my show's under the category of philosophy. Like I'm not here to tell anybody what the fuck's going on, but I, I dig talking about it. And I think it's interesting. And again, if we could just pull up that there are many ways to see many things and that perhaps even just the word, perhaps uh, there could be other things going on in the reality other than what's been presented to you because that's all the reality you're going to believe anyway, which is what's been presented to you. Then, you know, you have a shot. That's all I'm going to say is that <laughs> you got a shot. If you see perhaps maybe there's something else, that's all you got to say. And there's no ego in it. We've all, we all were bamboozled at one time. There's no like, oh fuck, I can't admit to that because that means I was like pulled over. Like I had the wool pulled, pulled over my eyes by these fucking lizard turds. Well, we all did, dude. It's part of it. You go through these ego structures, you break out and you, uh, you forgive yourself and you, uh, come on in the, the water's fine. You know, what you were saying with the, with the turning up the dials thing, it almost made me think of, so this different concept of like what a simulation could theoretically be, um, you hear about all these like agendas, like they're getting pushed into this reality, almost like it's like programming. Like if you're looking at it as like an actual, like solid simulation and of course, if you're going to do simulations to see how it would react in the real world, you would want the things within that simulation to be conscious, almost like real people. So then yeah. it kind of makes me and question the fact that simulation. Exactly. So maybe there's a reality outside of our reality and not even oh, in, yeah. like in the dimensional sense that we're talking about, but like a reality that almost exists exactly like our reality. And we are the reality that's inside of a computer system that's intended to be so that they can throw stuff into it to see how it'll react so that they can figure out if they can actually use it in the real reality. And this concept sounds extremely black mirror, but it's, it could be a very literal it thing in the like aspect the last three years of our lives, dude. Exactly. And like, it's all been turned up and on. cranked because maybe they're just trying to see Absolutely. how it'll function in the real world. The actual real yeah, world. We have terms. Yeah. We have terms for that by people here who are trying not to freak anyone out saying, you know, the veil's thinning. And I say these things, the, the veil's thinning. Like you can see shit, there's breakdowns, there's glitches in the matrix. All of these terms mean, you know, that we're seeing some fucked up weird shit. And maybe it is, um, Maybe it is just this shift in this time. I mean, because again, I've viewed this through many, many lenses. So one of them, again, would be this idea that it's being cranked up slowly so we can integrate to a higher level of consciousness so we can get some dope shit. Like, I'm ready for those spaceships and stuff. I'm ready to, like, see if that's what's going on. Um, but we're not going to do it if when a spaceship pops up, everybody freaks out and starts shooting at it. You know what I mean? It's like there, there seems to be a turning up of the freaky woo-woo to get people to get their shit together. I feel this is happening in phases. I think 2020 was shadow work. This was everybody like, okay, it's time to get your shit together and you're going to do it one way or another. You're either going to completely submit to this, uh, fall victim to the subversion and then go down that path. And if that's the case and that's the way you took cause cool, at least still a choice. 
You always make a choice. Uh, or you figured out what was going on, and then same thing, You, the lockdown, again, in my mind, was get home, get your shit together. Some people either drank themselves to death or they quit drinking. You know, Some people um, got divorced and like beat the shit out of their families, or some people wrote a book. It, it just depended on where you were, and really, like you said, he was called, you know? Uh, it it's it seems like this um, it's just this fascinating uh, sort of deal with just watching it, man. Because I'm in like super observer mode with it. Like I'm long since detached from all the conspiracy stuff. Absolutely, it's fucking you know going on, or at least I can see that the way it's presented is not the way that it's being utilized. So, like you could see all that shit, but again, it's it doesn't it's not here. It's not it doesn't affect. Uh, Anything other than maybe to add a little bit of resistance to your mission, but it's fuel for mine, like it is for yours. You know, it's like it it's more of a what's well, not going to get my attention. You know, it's if we are being marched to the gas chambers, well then okay, uh, I'll, I'll be singing. You know, there's stories of of people singing on their way to the gas chambers, and it's because you can't take that spirit. It's not. It's got more to do than anything. And so again, these ideas of like ah this fucking totalitarian shit or whatever. I mean, maybe. But what I will say again is like, I think that 2020 gave everybody a really nice cytokine storm if you wanted it. Uh, a lot of cortisol released in that and a lot of like fear and all of that. Or again, it gave you this resolve. But again, after that, it shook something up. It was the psyche to where nothing was going to be the same. And then now you sort of roll out UFOs in the in the news and you start really turning things up because people are at such a hypersensitive state, you know, and it's an interesting thing to sort of plant new ideas in a hypersensitive state because you're at such a data input that either you can handle it or you can't. It's either, again, a really nice way to introduce stuff because everybody's sort of already on edge and sort of already disoriented. And, you know, I mean, look at what how UFOs are being presented in the news now. Nobody gives a shit. Everybody's just looking at it like, ah, whatever. Mm -hmm. But I mean, that's a huge fucking deal, right? You know, or it could be viewed as that. I think it's all uh, whatever. I think it's some, what you're supposed to see. Which is why they only have military people talking about it on the news. They want you to think it's a threat. But either way, um, I again, I, I just think that it's uh, a stair step into sort of expanding our ability to physically see things as very interesting. And with even like the manifestation practices I've been doing and things, people are like, shit's showing up, dude. Shit's like in the physical now. It's supersonic. It's very real. And whether that veil is thin or not, or I've really cracked a code, I don't know what it is, but it's very uh, measurable. And so with stuff like that, then you're saying, okay, well, is that a time thing? Is it a did I crack something thing? Or are multiple people experiencing that because that's just the way now? Or are we, again, going to have superpowers and shit? Am I going to be able to teleport and do this thing live with you next time? Like, that's cool. I mean, it could even be kind of breaking it down to like a different way of viewing at it from kind of in the, in the same way, they kind of the same lens that if we, for example, created artificial intelligence and we started getting to a point where they were like fully conscious of themselves, eventually we would start almost feeling bad for leaving them trapped within a system. So you'd almost want to start preparing them to be able to have like a physical body where if it's artificial yeah. intelligence, you'd be putting it into like a robot in our reality. So if we are basically what AI is to us, to something else, and they've built this reality and they've realized how conscious that we've become and they almost feel bad that they're leaving us within the system. I mean, they could be intentionally trying to prep people for what the actual reality is outside of it. And that's why there could be all this trickle feed of aliens. All of this stuff is because that's actually what the beings are that created us. And they don't want us to fear them when they let us out of this system. 
and then you get into this whole idea about like transcending your body, it's because we're trapped in this reality, not trapped, but we're in this reality because it's a reality they created. And that transcending would actually be almost like taking an AI out of a system, putting it into a robot because they could be prepping us in order to be able to exist in their reality. And by jacking up all this stuff, uh, doing all this fear stuff, they're almost like kind of weeding out the people, uh, weeding out the intelligence that they feel is able to function in what the real reality is versus the ones who have, you know, who knows what that reality is. We could be in like this light fluffy reality and they could basically say, all right, if they can't handle that, then they can't handle the broader spectrum of everything. And it could almost be basically like a test to see if we are, you know, conscious enough to exist in the real world that's outside of our world. Yeah. And it, it even could be down to like a training program to where, like you said, it's filtering entities out here, but we're AI entities that are making decisions, learning, growing in this way. And then whatever test is being passed here, you go through like a ping pong phase where you like fall through all these things and maybe you make it all to the bottom. Maybe you're plucked out uh, because again, you follow the narrative or you, you're fear living or, you know, you just whatever. Uh, and or you want the opposite point. Yeah, yeah. And maybe then you make it to some point and then now all of a sudden you're on like some super galactic team and like a UFO lands in your backyard and it's like, hey, this has all been a test, dude. Great job. Let's fucking go. You know, you get to drive and they throw you the keys to the UFO and then you get to fucking next level this shit. I mean, who knows? You know, um, but I'd say that if we don't talk about it, we don't open it up as a possibility, then we're going to be limited to this what they say is a blue rock forever. And I, I uh, call bullshit on that. I think that there's way too many cool things. And I think even just the thought of us having this conversation creates the things that we look forward to. So maybe none of it happens outside of yourself talking to yourself, which is what we're doing now. And really we create all of these things just by simply having a conversation in a mirror. And that mirror though is uh, in the face of someone else as to not be jarring and to be cool and to be part of the experience, you know? So it's, um, it's almost like, what do you want to create next? You know, we're in the game itself. And by you and I speaking about this, we're like, okay, what do we want to create next? Yeah, we could dial the lizard turds down. Yeah, you're right. What do we, yeah, UFO land in the back? Fuck yeah, I'll come pick you up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like those kind of things. That's uh, where I see this really getting fun is when you really start disobliging reality. And I highly recommend, if you want to throw it in the show notes or something like that, uh, Amazon, I'll, I'll throw it in the chat here. See, you've got it. Uh, disobliging reality uh, by Dr. Frank Jezuzak, I want to say. It's kind of a weird but, thing to think uh, about too, can... connecting in with like DMT entities and stuff. And they talk about how they, a lot of people have talked about how they can create reality through language and through talking and through doing specific things. I almost wonder if that could possibly be something that's transcending us or if it's possibly like the inner working program that's underneath us that we're fully capable of doing all of this stuff. And that's actually like a less advanced version of us in a, in a sense. And it's right in front of us that we essentially manifest and create our reality, or maybe even those DMT entities are actually another aspect of us uh, connecting some through some type of like universal thread. And essentially by speaking, you know, we're making those things them speak, which is our other connection of ourselves. And then those are what's actually manifesting our reality. And it's like a continuous like cycle back and forth about like how you can affect the dimension below you, but you can't affect, affect the dimension above you, but you almost need to influence the dimension above you in order to make it so that the influ- the dimension that you're in can be influenced. It's almost like when somebody's doing a drawing, for example, and it just pops into their head about like, oh, this drawing needs an apple. Oh, this drawing needs a tree right here. And sometimes people will say it doesn't even necessarily feel like their ideas. It just like came into their head. It could be because that reality that you're creating 
is influencing your you in order to be able to create their reality for them. And it could be a transition going up that we're thinking and manifesting it. And in turn, we're putting these ideas into the reality above us as head. And because we did that, then they in turn are able to create within our reality for us. Yeah. And even uh, down to absolutely, yes, and it could be something cool as shit. Like you do this reality and as you're drawing it, you get the idea from them. They have to whisper though the idea in a way that you'll get it. And then as you're drawing the tree, they're like, and then the tree manifests in their reality. And you're like, they're like, oh, thank God we were starving. But yeah, you were able to get to our person. Now we have an apple tree. Now we can eat. Thank God. And then their whole reality has to do with influencing ours in a way that psychically we create theirs from our subconscious. Man, that's, I mean, all this is so interesting. We could do this forever. You know that, right? Oh yeah, easily, dude. And that's even where it starts even connecting into the whole like energy vampire thing is that it could be that we have the means of actually creating. So they want our energy because we could potentially be the only things that are able to actually solid create because we may be the only like physical things and everything else is like more of like a spectator type thing. And maybe we're the, we're the reality that has to be influenced in order to be able to create all the other realities or influence something that makes it so that something can go into action in the other realities, be it below us or above us. We could be like almost like the center of it where we're the only like physical reality. We're the combining point of the lower and the higher dimensions. Yeah. And like egregores and stuff like that to how they're created here out of thought and will and intention, you know, and have physical properties. But I'm with you on this that um, I call them the like they whisper, right? I, I feel they have no real power here. Just like you do. That's what the predictive programming thing is all about. I feel that there's a very small percentage of us that are actually real people here and that we really have this powerful, powerful mind and can create anything. But we live in a realm of delusion that that's job is to fuck us up. And it does a great job at that until we can call bullshit on it. And we look at it and we, we tell it to fuck off and off it fucks. So with this idea, again, of it sort of looking at you and saying, yeah, this is what reality is and you calling bullshit on it, that's the whole thing. That's where all of it collapses. And uh, you just don't need to be um, fooled by it because, again, even Einstein, I mean, if you need the quotes, uh, reality is an illusion, albeit a very persistent one. And so the persistence of reality is what you overcome, not the other way around. Like it's not, it, it's only so because it needs to be for you to figure out. You know, think of it like an awesome puzzle. It's a, just a game. It's, it's just a, a challenge to see if you're really paying attention. And, and at its biggest level, it's an IQ test at its highest level. And even down to what this place is, what you are, the structure of it, um, this is why like when flat earth and stuff, when those conversations occur, it's awesome. It's awesome. Because again, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. What it is, is it's taking people out of the perspective that it has to be the way that they're told it is. You know, this again, the reality presented to them. And so um, again, conversations like that, dude, uh, calling bullshit just basically on the stuff that feels like absolute fucking bullshit. And look at just anything in your reality. Like that's what's so interesting about the B word, the beliefs. You know, I say this all the time. There's a movie, uh, Dogma, by Kevin Smith. Have you ever seen it? Oh, of course. Film. Oh, yeah, that movie's okay. amazing. Yeah, and, right? Thank you. Like, it's, I don't know. It's it's rare that uh, people have seen it, but awesome. Uh, the um, character Rufus in there, where they're on the train, and he says, you know, I have ideas, not beliefs, because ideas are easier to change. Man, that stuck with me. I, I saw that movie when it came out, dude. You know what I mean? And so that's been with me since 99, and I've just been like, holy shit, that makes so much more sense because, yeah, if you're married to an idea, that solidifies it. That's real. That's now a thing, and you're trapped in with that. You know, you just become that belief because you have to, and all belief is just a thought you can't stop thinking, right? 
So if if you alter that, then you open yourself up for reality being more playful and more subjective. And that's when you can really, really see it and really play with it. Um, I highly recommend everyone do this. Just at a deep level, just really realize how your mind works, how things are perceived by you, like your reticular activating system, look into that. That's fascinating because it just filters out useless information, filters in useful information that's subjective as fuck. And that's all based on your beliefs. So there's shit going around you all the time that your mind says is not useful for you. And it determines that before you get to. And uh, so you're not presented with a real version of reality, which is, again, why the witness statements are so fucked is because it's not a real version of reality. So uh, even down to that, like if you can just look at this and... Um, yeah, and just keep moving forward, you know what I mean? Because that's that's really what this is. If it's a game, if it's anything, I, I really feel that it's... Uh, the cheat code is flow and surrender. And so when you get to this point of just like not battling and not running from quest to quest and gaining all your rubies and doing all that shit, um, it, it, you can step back and you can see the game as it's played. You know, you can see the flow between everything. Um, and I've, I've found it to be an interesting thing. That's where I'm at now with it. And so, again, this is why, like, uh, even the shit that comes on every now and then, I'll dip myself back into the world and go, okay, what are y'all talking about now? And I'll hear some news story, and I'm just like, it's interesting because it's become so much more obvious. You know, uh, I took a break for a long time from it. Now it's just so much more obvious. I turn it back on, and I'm like, holy shit. It's... Um, it's just silly in, the, in a very silly way. So again, I think that this veil is thinning uh, in a way that like the stories are getting crazier. The psyops are getting way more ridiculous. Look at our leaders, you know, air quotes. Look at the politicians. Look at the people. Look at all of this shit. Just take a glance, you know. And yeah, the more pissed off you get, the more you're feeding it to become more ridiculous. And so, again, when you see it, this you can see it, and you see the game, and you just withdraw your energy from it. And then your power can go into something else. We can, you know, tai chi that into pointing out the ridiculous things that are meant to be ridiculous to make you move away from them, not to focus on them and stare at them, um, then, then really that's where the power is. And I think that's where this 144 whatever, and I think that's where you really see the simulation for what it is. And Dave and I, again, we're talking about that it's a literal physical simulation that we're in, like a physical fucking thing. But you get to a point with it visually to where even the sky like gets so thin that you can see that the planets are huge, but they're really, really close. They're not as far out as it is. That's an optical illusion based on the refraction of the lens that's the over us uh, is kind of the idea of it. And so, again, it's sort of this, you can see the mechanisms working. It's clockwork. It's real clunky. It's like a science experiment. You know, maybe this is your science experiment on the other side, and you just got a D on it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. uh, it's not even that good. So, again... Um, yeah, that's uh, that's I think what I have to say about that, buddy. I honestly, I've been thinking too. I almost wonder if it's almost like a social experiment in the aspect of like, you know, if you are existing in the broader universe of everything and you're a very like wartime destructive culture, which it seems to be for a lot of people, you know, I almost wonder if there's like a bigger power at work that almost is like, all right, you guys are all going to destroy each other. You guys are going to destroy the rest of us. So you guys need to take time to actually learn and actually come together. So maybe they put us all into this computer program for lack of better term. And they left all of these pieces everywhere where you see like all these old metalithic structures. You see all these different like religions that have different viewpoints of all these different things. And they essentially put 
all of the pieces of the puzzle right in front of you. And it's just a matter of everybody finally coming together and realizing that we all have a piece of it. And if we just put all of our pieces together, we would understand the broad picture of everything. And maybe that's what's needed in order to be able to be part of the rest of like the galactic universe, for lack of a better term, is that we have to learn how to all work together rather than be fighting each other because that's destructive for us and it's destructive for the rest of the universe. And we could be the only like wartime culture left. So they just said, all right, we're going to split you guys up, but leave all the clues in front of you so that you guys will eventually get to a point where you have to figure it out together. And once you do that, you will truly learn what teamwork is. And you, then you will truly learn how to exist with the rest of the consciousness in this dimensional intergalactic, whatever you want to call it, like universe that could be all around us. Like we could essentially talk about the grid in the sky. I mean, even taking it to a more basic point, um, you know, we could even be a species that's on this specific place with the pieces laid in front of us. And we just could have a dome around us so that we can't leave this area. And then you hear about all these like weird experiments about them trying to like blast a hole in the sky, just like weird wording for things. Like they almost know it's there. And like when you get into like all the occult stuff, yeah, exactly. Like, all yeah. the occult stuff could literally be like people who have been collecting this knowledge and figuring this out for years. And rather than them actually realizing that we have to do this together, they're trying to keep it for themselves in the occult. And again, it's not helping. It's keeping us in the same repetitive cycle that, you know, we have two options that we can come together and be able to leave this box that we're trapped in or two, uh, you know, you're just going to have this split between like these people that want to control the other people. And they're like, that's fine. If you guys are in your own little area, you guys can do that all you want, but you're better off coming together and being with the rest of us. It's so easy, interesting too, because then you think about egos and stuff. Because um, then you you think of the phrase like it's it's better to be a ruler in hell than a servant in heaven. And what that may mean is that really you're just sort of a maybe a technician or something on the other side. You know what I mean? Maybe you have a boss that built this thing and he sends you into it to be part of the program. But really, you know about the Archon Soul Trap, and so maybe you stay and you continue to recycle here, and then you just come back as like a Clinton or. Um, a Gates or a Schwab, you know, or something like that. And so you're constantly recycling. And maybe there's also a hack because you're, you know, a participant in the theory that you get to keep your memory every time. And maybe you have ways of retaining that whenever you leave. You know the cheat codes, you know, you know the hacks because you're here in part of the system. And maybe, I don't know, the dude running it's on lunch or something, you know, and maybe this is just sort of like a thing gone weird. You know, we joked about it in 2020 that, the simulation, like the guy went to lunch or something, his three-year-old hopped on and just started pushing buttons, right? <laughs> That's why shit was going weird. And maybe it is something uh, that simple and reductive. You know, it is something that's... I feel like it is. I feel like it's very simple. I don't... I don't Like, I feel like it's complex, but not overly un, unattainable mentally. I feel like all of it's so the same, but it's just we can't see the fact that it's everywhere because it's so in so many examples, but it's the same fucking thing all over the place. But you need it to be so varied so that the experience is there. But really, it's the same building blocks. Like, you can see it. Like, mm -hmm. templates. I know you've probably met people where it's like, you're the same fucking person. I've met you 80 times. Bone structure, the way they speak, the vernacular, the speech patterns, the way their mouth moves. You know, it's the eyes. Like, it's the, the bone structure. Everything. It's the same character. It's like they have maybe maybe a thousand templates or something, you know, and they just sort of mix and match and change the pieces on them. And so that's when you get doppelgangers too. Well, right. And and then you get these like templates throughout history, you know, of like Putin being here forever. But again, maybe that's one of these creatures that's 
here constantly, one of these artifacts of the simulation. But again, maybe that's one of these things that's like, we have photos from history that says, hey, these people have been here for a long time. So maybe history is absolute bullshit, which is a thing. But also these photos were left and they're remarkably striking to some characters that we have in our current paradigm, in our current simulation. Maybe that in itself is the clue that something bigger is going on here. You don't need to think that it's throughout history, but you need to be able to see that that face exactly matches this face and that this face exactly matches this face. And then you add up and you find those compilations where there's hundreds of faces of famous people, politicians, all these folks that you would recognize. And then you say, well, how many of those people exist, these copies of people throughout time that you don't see, that aren't famous, that aren't in front of a camera? And I guarantee, I bet it would be in the millions. I bet you would be that there would be much less of a varied amount of folks because you don't lay eyes on that amount of people. You just need to think that there's that many people here. I mean, in a weird way of thinking about it too, what if there's only like one generation of people and when you get into like even connecting with like the reptilian concept and you talk about how even possession too, when some other being is inside of a vessel, it like changes the face. So what if like yeah, the vessel like itself the Smith effect. Yeah, is more is more like putty and whatever is inside of it is what takes the form for the face and there's just one generation of people and as we die we just cycle into the next generation and there's only one existing level of consciousness at any specific time and all of us that are existing now have existed at every point in time and it's just that we die and then we start the next generation and that's when we have the next cycle. So the same faces are seen through each generation because it's the same consciousness just recycling into the next vessel continuing on but you have yeah, that fire under yeah. your ass of having a physical vessel because then you're scared you're going to run out of time so that you actually will physically do something because if you think you have infinite time you're not going to be in any rush to actually do anything or to actually like do something with your life you're just going to be totally fine sitting around eating food and you know if i get fat and i die i'm just going to recycle and pop into the next one like whatever it's not a big deal but if you light that fire under somebody and they're not aware of recycling through this then that's how you actually will do something it's it's intended so that it's a spark yeah, and it's interesting, too, when you talk about generations and, and how you think of population and how it's increased, as we're told, over time, then uh, that would be an interesting way to throw a variable into a simulation, right? So as you have all these vessels, they require occupation, you know, and by that occupation, you split yourself into more fractured pieces that can't operate as a whole, you know, at its whole capacity. So if you think about it, then on that level, small groups of people, let's say early humans here when there weren't that many of them, if that was what happened, they would have actually a ton of enlightenment and they would have been the ones that built all this shit. And really there's this sort of entropy that occurs as population increases because again your energy is split now between billions of people allegedly rather than maybe the 1500 to 10,000 or so that was like walking around before. There's like a concentration of consciousness, a consciousness centration, if you will. And there's just this like whole bunch of it there. And again, there's this entropy as it spreads out, which makes it why it feels like it makes it harder and harder to see. But again, perhaps there's this critical mass that it gets to with a population that isn't, you know, a world ending thing. It may be from the perspective of those entities, those expressions of source that have spread out. But really, perhaps it's just what's called the singularity, which is that we realize it's all a game and it just whoop, it all comes back home. You know, like a breath, you breathe out breathe in. You know what I mean? These ideas. I mean, you fear things that you don't understand too. And when it gets into the whole like 
depopulation thing. Of course, that sounds horrifying just off of like our construct of what we understand reality to be. And I'm not trying to say that like any of these people are doing anything positive, but I mean, if there are bigger aspects at work, these things could be possibly influenced because they could actually help, like you were saying, be progressing enlightenment because they're now condensing the consciousness and again, looking from like a broader lens of like how we perceive reality, like just hearing depopulation, this, that, it all sounds like awful bad things. But if you really look at it from like a spiritual component, if there is a concentration and we're almost like diluted consciousness, then it might be needed in order to, again, reach the next step. Like it might actually be progressing as much as we think that it's actually a bad thing. And again, I'm not defending them. I'm just kind of like being a devil's advocate and throwing in a new method of thinking about what this whole depopulation idea might actually be. Well, we're talking about all of it, and so let's talk about all of it because these are. This is a philosophical conversation. Neither one of us are sitting here saying this is what's going on. Obviously, with the context of this conversation, it at least can be pulled from that. And so, to that, then you would say, well, uh, maybe Hitler being in with the occult, finding a bunch of esoteric knowledge. Maybe this is the big secret. Maybe this is the big thing: is to kill everyone off and get back to the one. Have you seen that movie, Jetly the One, mm-hmm. where he goes to all the multiverses and kills other versions of himself? Well, perhaps that's what this is. And maybe those world-ending cataclysms aren't world-ending. They're just source coming back to itself because it fractalized out into what we call population. Yeah, it just keeps expanding. I mean, and each time that it expands, with each cataclysm, it's like, all right, so the first cataclysm, it's all it's all in one small area, and then it blows out a little bit, and then it comes back, and then it comes out a little bit more, and then it comes back, and it keeps expanding out until it gets to max capacity, and once it gets to max capacity and it realizes what max capacity is, then it starts coming back down and dwindling back down, because you needed that max capacity in order to, again, like almost like build this reality and make it so it's an inhabitable, livable place. You needed all these people in order to have all these different gears turning, but now that the system is essentially set up, now you can go back down to those smaller numbers and be able to function this reality because now we've even created stuff that's self-efficient with robots, all that kind of stuff and made it so now we don't need to have as much delusion of consciousness. And again, looking at all this stuff, like it's a bad thing, like it's doomsday type stuff. But if you're looking at it from a broader lens, it could all be intended to almost be building up to a positive thing. Energetically, it makes the most sense in the world, dude. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so weird about it. It's I'm uh, you know I've thought about the conversation, but I haven't had it out loud. So thank you for the platform to be able to do that. Of course, cool. and I appreciate you coming on and dropping the deep ideas because this is what I love getting into: is theories, concepts, philosophy. And uh, as far as like my listener base goes, it seems like you know I I cover a lot of different topics as far as like my show goes. Um, anything that I see is fringe, but it seems like the guest favorites are always these really deep philosophical question uh, conversations and questions. Yeah, they're my favorite. You know fits the name of the show increase our reality that's all we're doing is asking questions about what is really happening in our reality man it's a perfectly named show dude it's really great yeah <laughs> it's kind of weird how you name a show and then it ends up f- falling into those shoes you know 100 <laughs> percent. that's why expanding was very important to me not expand dead i wanted the verb because it was ever ever happening right i wanted to know that it wasn't finite and it's always happening and so expanding <laughs> is the way that it is yeah makes it infinite <laughs> And I guess uh, with that, since we're kind of leading towards the end here, and I'd definitely love to do this again because I could tell we could go on this kind of stuff for hours. But oh, dude, sign me up. This is wonderful. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to uh, popping on your show and hoping we can get into some of this kind of stuff. But I always like to leave with a high note, of course. Not that this conversation has really been too dark or anything, but I always like to uh, bestow some words of wisdom on the listeners. So if there's any words of wisdom you could bestow on the listeners, what would it be? Tender Garden. Uh, there's a lot of shit out there. 
uh, would love to have your attention. And what I've found is with those things that require your attention, it takes away from what you could really be doing, which is figuring out your relationship with you, which is the best thing that you can do for anyone, not gossip about somebody else, not get pulled into the drama of anything else and think that that's helpful, not running in to think that you need to save somebody else. None of that. It's clean out your closet. It's tend your garden. It's like figure your shit out. Do a couple of push-ups every day, some light little outdoor walking, go ground with your feet in the grass, like do something just for you daily, absolutely daily. Uh, this is not impossible. Do not disempower yourself with this by sitting here going at the whatever device you're listening to this on going, ah, fuck that, that can me. It's there and it's in there for you. Again, that delusion is that resistance that's making you feel triggered when hearing this. Now, beyond that point, I would just say again, tend your garden. That's it. It's, it's all you. Uh, if you are your most of you, when you can really realize that that, you know, this king eats first, that the masks that fall from the uh, airplane that you're supposed to put yours on first, like when you really realize that concept that you're shit to anybody else, unless you're taking care of yourself. And not a, like, uh, oh, but it's selfish for me to want to slip off and take a bath every now and then because I need that. Absolutely not. It's uh, the matrix or the program is the one that's made you believe that. But really the best thing for you is to tend your garden in every way. You know, rather than perhaps yelling at the TV about whatever president's um, doing whatever, maybe take your kid uh, to go see a waterfall or do something completely different or go, you know, get chickens or plant a garden in your backyard or something like that. But there are many other options of experience out here rather than the noise and the fuzz and the distortion that's being yelled at you constantly. And it's that's honestly like the biggest thing is figure out your relationship with you and tend your garden. Those are those are where I'm at with everything right now because that's that's what's changed my life for the better. That's just what got me out of the push and pull and feeling like I was uh, being you know plummeted down these rapids or something like this. It was that's when you take the reins of it and um, yeah, that's the advice. Tend your garden, guys. Beautiful words of wisdom, man. It seems like the more we've gotten into this conversation, the more and more I realize that you and I think a lot alike. And even just like yeah. finding something that you're passionate about and driving for it. Because I feel like a lot of the time when it comes to people, they go through life, they're depressed because they don't have something that they're passionate about. They don't have like a work that they want to do. And I know it sounds, it's work in a sense. I mean, to do almost anything, working out, doing whatever, but you have to do something that's work for you that you're passionate about because then it doesn't feel like work. And then it gives you a purpose. Uh, beyond, you know, just being the guy that goes to work and then watches football and then does this, because the only way that you're ever going to feel like you've really accomplished something is if you do something on your own. And if you never give yourself the opportunity to find the passion that drives you, then you're just going to sit here in this mundane, depressed reality that it seems like a lot of people are living in. And the more technology boosts, the more it kind of keeps your, keeps you distracted over here and makes it so that you're more concerned with everything crazy going on around you. And then in turn, you end up forgetting that you have to, again, care for yourself and find your passions and really find what makes you happy in this reality and stop looking at everything like it's so dark. Cause there are always going to be darkness out there, but there is light just as much as there is darkness. And you got to find that for yourself and enjoy every moment of it that you possibly can. Beautiful. Words of wisdom. Exactly. You got to throw them back at you, man. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> and I guess uh, with that too, uh, anybody that's enjoyed the conversation, if they're not already listening to your show, uh, why don't you let them know where they can come find you, your show, and everything that you're doing at. Yeah, I appreciate it again, man. This is outstanding. Can't wait to get you uh, booked on over there at Expanding, dude. Um, yes, ExpandingRealityPodcast.com. That's going to be the best place. That's the mothership. That's just where everything occurs. 
that's where like it links to all the socials. I'm pretty sure we're on all the ones. Um, and if we're not, let me know. If we're not, like not on your favorite uh, blip pod, let me know, and we'll we'll get signed up for that. Um, the podcast just uh, the best way, like I said, is the website. Also, we have a handbook if you want to check that out. So selfless plug here. I think it's mirrored in the thing, but there you go. Uh, this is what the handbook looks like, but not mirrored in real reality. And also it's through our publishing house, Redigital Publishing, which is ridiculously original. Uh, it's a poly word I made up years ago. And uh, this is a handbook that goes along with the show and um, it's a participatory thing. And then every like three episodes, there's an activity and little prompts and stuff like that. So uh, this is something that I really wanted to create to inspire other content creators uh, to do something similar to add value to their shows, as well as if you have a book idea, a children's book, a journal, fucking anything, uh, reach out. Just expandingrealitypodcast.com for now. Uh, working on the website for the full uh, publishing house there. Uh, that's going on. And then Phi Tribe, dude. Check out Phi Tribe at YouTube for now. Um, P-H-I-T-R-I-B-E. And that is uh, a group that I'm involved with. They do sleep music. It's like this amazing psychoacoustic technology, like badass, interesting 432 frequency, just really interesting shit. Uh, and there's some big stuff happening with that. So you can go sign up at phytribe369.com. Big things going on there. So you're definitely going to want to get on that email list before uh, the things change. There's cool things happening. Uh, and then just their YouTube, go check it out. Uh, and I think that's all the plugs I got, dude. That was awesome. Well, I appreciate you making the time to come on tonight, man. And uh, again, really looking forward to the next time we get to talk, man. If you guys enjoyed the episode, don't forget to take an extra five seconds to leave a rating for the show on Spotify or take an extra 30 seconds to leave a review for the show on iTunes, which I, uh, of course, will read on the show and give you guys a shout out. And if you know anybody in particular that might enjoy this specific episode, don't forget to share this episode through word of mouth with a friend, because that, of course, is another awesome way to help the show grow. And if anybody wants to get a hold of me for any reason whatsoever, you guys can email me at inquiriesofallrealitypodcast at outlook.com. You guys can go to the link tree, fill out this submission form, and of course, that will go directly to my email. Or you guys can shoot me a message on Instagram, which is the one that I'm most active on. So highly recommend that one. Everything that I mentioned, all available under the link tree, which is L-A-N-K-T-R period E-E slash inquiries of our reality podcast. And with that, I hope you guys enjoy the conversation and I'll catch you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.